to try and guess what are his purposes, what is his will, what are his ways. But God, but God has revealed some of them, many of them to us by his spoken word. How do we know that God loves us? Does it depend on our feelings? If we wake up one day and we feel goosebumps, is that a sign that God loves us on that day? What about when we wake up one day and we, we start praying and it feels like nothing is being heard or answered. That's how we feel. Does that mean our prayers are never answered? No. We know that God loves us because God says so in His Word. Whether we feel like it or not, if God said something, it's true. You understand what I'm saying? Our feelings do not define our reality. The Word of God is what defines reality for us. You understand what I'm saying? How many of you when you stand up, you don't think of sinking in the floor. You just stand up and you walk away, right? I mean, you don't, you don't think, okay, I'm going to stand up now. I hope the floor doesn't collapse. No, you don't think that way. You know it's going to be there. It's going to support you. But you need to understand something. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was void and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, and whatever it was that God said, it became a reality. Do you understand what I'm saying? This world that we are living in right now is sustained by the very Word of God. God's Word is more real than our feelings. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay? When we pray and then we feel like it's like God is not hearing us. That's just our feelings. And our feelings change. There are days we wake up, we're feeling high and excited. There are days we wake up, we feel kind of uh, out of sorts. Okay? And we think that by our feelings, we think maybe God is angry at us or God doesn't care about us. Your feelings change. But the Word of God, it does not change. It is forever settled in heaven. If God says He loves us, then whether we feel like it or not, He loves us. We put our faith in our, in our God's Word, in God's Word. If we have faith in God, we have to have faith in the Word of God. You cannot separate the two. Do you understand what I'm saying? I've heard people say, well, you know what? I have no problem believing God. The only problem I have is in what He said, especially when it comes to uh, when you're offended, then forgive. Uh, if if uh, you pray, believe that you receive it before you even see it. I'm having problems with those things. Well, if that's what God said, then that's how it works. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen? How many of you here? Look across the aisle. Across the aisle. Here. Okay. Did, did you see Jesus Christ in the middle? No, you did, right? You don't see him with your physical eyes. Okay? When you came in, did you smell his perfume? You probably smelled somebody's perfume. Okay? But not the Lord's perfume, right? 
Jesus Christ is here? What is the basis of your belief? His word. My eyes tell me he's not here. My sense of smell tells me you're here, but it doesn't tell me whether he's here. If I try to walk in the aisle doing this, hoping I, I, I kind of grasp him, and I don't, my sense of touch tells me he's not here. Do you understand what I'm saying? But the word of God says, where two or three are gathered together in his name, where is he? In our midst. So our eyes say he's not here. Our sense of smell says he's not here. Our sense of touch tells us he's not here. But the word of God says he's here. That is the basis of our faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's because of what God said that we can have faith in what God has for us. How do we know that he will never leave us nor forsake us? He said so. How do we know that He will answer our every prayer? He said so. How do we know that He will supply our every need? He said so. How do we know that He will, uh, he will never quit on us? He said so. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes people say, I'm kind of having trouble having faith in God. Well, all you have to do is follow what Jesus Christ said. Jesus Christ said, man shall not live on bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, sometimes we make, you know, we, we spend more attention to natural things. Uh, food, yeah, we need food, okay? Our career, those things, money and things like that. You know, we're not saying we're not, we're not going to do away with that. But sometimes we spend so much time with that and we, and we kind of neglect the word of God in our lives. Scripture very tell, clearly tells us, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I remember in 1999 when my doctor told me I don't have long to live. He's a doctor, he's an expert, he knows what he's doing. He examined my body, he's opened my body, he knows what's going on in there. Okay? He told me because you were not treated immediately after your appendix burst, there were toxins that were releasing your body, kind of damaged your internal organs, and because of this, your wound will not heal. You have uh, you suffered a stroke because of this, and because of this, you will, you know, uh, you will always carry a bag with you, and you cannot continue becoming a bishop or doing ministry anymore. All you have to do is go back home and spend what time you have with your family. I was 42 years old. I'm 62 years old now. You understand what I'm saying? When my doctors told me I, have, uh, I did not have long to live, I know he was not intimidating me. I know he was not lying to me. I know that he was not making me afraid, but that is based on his years of experience. One of the top surgeons in uh, St. Luke's Hospital. Okay? Many of the surgeons look for, consult with him. That's what he said. This Based on my diagnosis, I've studied your body, I've done this, I've treated you this. You just don't have long to live. That's what he said. That's like a death sentence. I could choose to put my faith in his words and I could despair. But I place my words in Psalm 91 that says, With long life I will satisfy thee. And Psalms 118 that says, 
I shall not die, but I shall live and declare the works of the Lord. That means I will continue with my ministry. I chose to believe what God said over what he said. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? He said I have a wound that will never close. I put my faith in one, in one of the verses in Jeremiah. It says, I will heal your wounds. Well, my wounds healed. And the doctor was puzzled because it did that. Okay? Somebody said, uh, my heart doctor there said, you know, your heart has been damaged because of this uh, stroke and nobody gets healed of this. In all of our experience, nobody gets healed of this. You will have to manage this for the rest of your life. Well, I put my faith in Psalm 78 that says, the Lord is the strength of your heart and your portion forever. And after three months, I came to her and she was puzzled. She had my previous... Uh, EKG and those scams and we had the present one and this is what she said to me you don't have to take the medicine which I prescribe for you I prescribe that you will have to take this for a lifetime but you don't have to take it anymore I just want you to know one thing your heart did not heal God gave you a new heart because if it healed, it should have scars and the residues of the stroke. But it doesn't have those. You have a new heart. That's what she said. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay? But during the time that I was walking, I was walking with a cane. Okay? I could not go up the stairs and, you know, straight. I had to stop every three stairs and four, just to rest. I probably would not be able to carry my crozier, my staff because I was kind of weak at that particular time. But during that time, I put my faith in the Word of God. God's Word did not fail me. And the good news is this. God fulfilled His Word in me, not because I'm a bishop. Because people say, oh, God did that for you because you're a bishop. Not because I'm uh, a teacher of the Word of God, or a pastor, or a priest. God didn't do it for me because I'm uh, somebody special. Do you understand what I'm saying? God did it for me because uh, among the many hundreds out there, I'm one of those who choose to believe in God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus Christ says, if you can believe, all things are what? Possible. Not some things. Not a few things. All things are possible to them that believe. That means if you believe the Word of God, which is coming forth in this church, and you put that into practice in your life, whether it affects your family, your finances, your careers, your future, your health, okay? If you put your faith in the Word of God, God will do for you what He did for me because we chose to believe. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not because I'm somebody special. It's not because I'm a favorite and you guys are not. Okay? It's not because of this. It's not because of that. The only reason it worked for me because I chose to believe just like many others. And I'm not alone. There are many others out there. And the reason I believe is because I've heard their testimonies. And I made up my mind, if God worked with them, 
God will work with me. If God did it for them, God will do it for me. And uh, uh, the main denominator is the Word of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Which, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself. We have a lesson right now. It's this. Always trust the Word of God and always give thanks for the blessings of God. Always trust the Word of God and always give thanks for the blessings of God. See, many people underestimate the Word of God today. Okay? They say, well, it sounds so impossible. Yeah, it sounds impossible. Okay? There are things that are really impossible. But when God comes into the scene, God is the only one who can enter the realm of the impossible. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay? And you see, the Bible says with God, nothing is impossible. Okay? We understand that there are certain things that are impossible with man. Okay? And with God, nothing is impossible. God walks in a certain realm, in a certain state of being, where simply nothing is impossible to him because he's God. Do you understand what I'm saying? But then, Jesus Christ says, if you choose to believe God, and how do you believe God? You believe God by believing the Word of God. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? Well, yeah, I'd like to be able to believe God. How do you get an appointment with God? How do you get it? Who's the secretary of God? I wish I could spend at least just 30 minutes talking to him face to face. Well, maybe in companies you do that. Maybe in companies you have to line up and get an appointment. But not so with God. All you have to do, Jesus Christ says, you enter into your room, into your secret place, and your Father is waiting for you there. And when you talk to Him, He listens to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? These are not words that Jesus Christ said just to make us feel good. These are words that Jesus Christ said to show us what we have because of our Father. Do you understand what I'm saying? Our Father is not irritated or disgruntled or disturbed because you choose to talk to Him. Okay? He's not someone who thinks, I've got better things to do. Okay, get, get on with it. That's it? All right, don't disturb anyone. That's not God. You understand what I'm saying? God loves you. Hello? That's what the Bible says, right? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son, begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe in Him like you and I did will not perish but have everlasting life. And you know what the word everlasting life is, right? It's not just living forever. It is living forever together with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hello? And uh, you may not feel like you want to spend enough time with Him. I've heard, you know, some people some of them are ordained ministers and they ask, how can you spend so much time in prayer? I mean, what do you say to God in an hour? Some of them says, well, you know, me, it's just 
five minutes and I don't know what to say. And I think five minutes is enough. You see, when you begin to understand from God's word that God wants to spend time with you, He's not disturbed, irritated, uh, or interrupted by you, things like that. He wants to spend time with you. Even if you have nothing to say. Okay, sometimes I say, God, I have nothing to ask you for. I just want to hang out with you. And we can be just quiet in the presence of one another. David said it this way. What is man that you are mindful of him? They know what David said. This is, you will find this in Psalms 8. He says, what is man that you are mindful of him? Okay? Your mind is full of him. I mean, you're in heaven. You're in a world of wonders. But you're thinking about us here? I mean, we're the ones who sometimes, you know, don't obey you. Sometimes we're rude with you. Sometimes we're not even thinking about you. But you think about us often. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you enter the presence of God, you give God pleasure. Hello. He's happy to talk to you. He's happy to spend time with you. And it's not hard to spend time with someone who loves you. Amen? You need to understand that, church. And uh, these are things that we find in the Word of God. And I'm really, I don't know, I'm just excited about this thing. Uh, let me just share uh, two things with you today. Actually, many things. <laughs> but I'm trying to divide this so we can easily remember uh, this particular things. In Luke chapter 17, verse 11 uh, to 14. Always remember this. God is always compassionate and merciful towards us. God is always compassionate and merciful towards us. And the other one, I'm basing this from verse 15 to 19, is this. Never take the blessings of God for granted. Never take the blessings of God for granted. Okay? Let's go back to the first one. Okay? God is always compassionate and merciful towards us. Let me just read verse uh, 11 to 14 of Luke 17. Now it happened as he went through Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Okay? Now here was Jesus. He was going through Samaria. I uh, was going through, and it says here that there were ten lepers. Okay? Normally, the Jews and the Gentiles, a, a Gentile is someone who's not a Jew. They don't kind of, they don't mix together. As a matter of fact, this is one of the reasons why the Samaritans were looked down upon by the Jews because they intermarried with non-Jews. So the Jews 
feed them as half-breeds. Their uh, bloodline is contaminated. That's how they see them. So the Jews don't really intermingle with uh, uh, the Samaritans. But here, because of their common misery, they had leprosy. They joined together. Now, during that particular time, if you had leprosy, people think you're suffering under the judgment of God. Well, some, majority of think that way. And because of that, they're not really inclined to help you because they think you brought this to yourself. And if they interfere, they're kind of afraid that I might bring the same judgment on myself. You understand what I'm saying? And because of this, lepers are kind of outcasts. When the priest declares that they have leprosy, then in, in order to preserve the health of the community, they must spend time outside of the community. They won't intermingle with their families, their brothers, their fathers, their mothers, their sons, their daughters, their friends. And if they have a thriving business, forget about being the CEO of that business. You're just cut off from society. You are an outcast. And because of that, people try to ignore you. They try not to see you. Do you understand what I'm saying? But in here, it says that, you know, they, they stood afar off from Jesus. Because that's prescribed by the law. If someone is approaching them, they have to shout this, unclean, unclean. Okay? So you could imagine the, uh, uh, the reactions of the people. You know, maybe you know, they, they, they have this food and they, they have this room covered and they, they, don't, they don't look like they're lepers. And probably someone is lost and he wants to ask directions and he sees this leper, does not understand he's a leper, so he goes and approaches the leper because he wants to ask a question, and then the leper cries, I'm clean again! This guy's like, ugh, clean, ugh, ugh. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? They're outcasts, they're rejected. They're the ones living in the margin, outside the margin, rather. And they cannot go near a person. They have to stand. There's a prescribed distance, and they stood afar off. And they cried, Jesus, have mercy on us. And according to the scriptures, and Jesus saw them. People choose not to see them. They're like invisible folks. Okay? Because people feel uncomfortable because of what they represent. But Jesus saw them, and when it says he saw them, it does not just mean he saw saw them physically, but he saw their pain. He saw what they were going through. He was seeing their despair. He was the only one who chooses to look. Why? Because our God is a God of compassion and mercy. He chooses to see us and not ignore us. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so they asked, Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus Christ asked them to do something which does not make sense. Jesus Christ says, go show yourself to the priest. The only time that you show yourself to the priest, if you're declared a leper, is to make, you know, if, you, if someone says, oh, I think you're healed. I think you're not sick anymore. I think you're not a leper anymore. But you have to add an official statement. The only one who can issue an official statement 
The only one who has the authority to declare that you're healed, that you're clean, you're no longer a leper, is the priest. So go yourself there. Understand this, the priest does not have the power to cure you. The priest only had the power at that time to declare that you're already healed. You understand what I'm saying? But Jesus told them, go to the priest. Doesn't make sense. Why are you going to still sick? Still have this. And this is where faith comes in. See, faith believes God even when what he says does not make sense to us. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? And this is sometimes where people miss it because they try to argue themselves out of God's blessing. In the first reading today, we have Naana, also not a Jew, who was a leper. He was a general, but he was a leper. He had a Jewish servant, and the Jewish servant said to the wife of Naaman, you know what? In Israel, we have prophets. We have a God who can heal. And so the wife said to Naaman, or maybe he said to the servant or something, it may go to Naaman. You know, if you can only go to Israel and ask for a healing, their God will heal you. So he gets permission from the king, and he goes to uh, uh, Israel, and he, he asks the king, heal me. Not really understand, it's not the king who healed him. And so the king of Israel was now despair. This guy's looking for a fight. I can't heal him. I can't heal anybody. And if I don't do this, they will declare war on us. There's going to be a war here. Well, Elisha heard about this. And he said to the king, don't despair, O king. Send it to me. So the king says, you need to see our prophet. And so Naaman, this general, this brave general, was riding with his chariots. And he was on his way to the house of, of uh, uh, Elisha. And before even, uh, uh, when he arrived, the door opens, but instead of Elisha coming out, the servant of Elisha comes out, and he says, Naaman, my, my master says, go jump into the river seven times. And Naaman felt insulted. Doesn't he know I'm a famous general? Doesn't he know that at least he could have come out and told me himself? And jump in the Jewish river? I mean, if it's as simple as that, I would have done that thing where I came from. We have rivers much nicer than the rivers here. Okay? And he felt insulted that he was going to leave because he felt uh, his dignity was insulted. He didn't even come out and show his he sent a servant to tell me this. He felt insulted. But one of his servants said to him, Sir, uh, if he asked you to do something really hard, would you have done it? Yeah. If he asked you to go up the mountain on your knees, would you have done it? Yeah. I'm not living. Well, if you're willing to do something hard, why not just jump into the river seven times? Okay? I mean, that's not hard, right? A five-year-old kid can do that. All you have to do is dip into the river seven times. You came all the way here. Why not do it? Now I'm saying, yeah, why not? So he goes and dips into the river seven times. And when he came out the seventh time, 
scripture says, his skin was as clear as babies. Why not the sixth time? Why not the fifth time? I don't know. God has specific instructions for us. How does it work? I don't know how it works. All you have to do is obey the word of God. That's why it's called faith. Okay? It didn't make sense. Okay? He's thinking of logic. If that's all I needed to do, jump into the river, I could have jumped in our river. I didn't have to travel all the way here. But God said to the servant, jump into this river, not that river. Okay? And it's a matter of faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Okay? That's what the scripture says. Here, in this particular scripture, Jesus Christ says that show yourself to the priest. Doesn't make sense. Why are you going to show yourself to the priest? We still have it. The only reason we should go to the priest is if we're not, you know, sick anymore. Okay? That priest might curse us for even disturbing him. But that's what Jesus said. And according to the Holy Scriptures, when they obeyed the Lord on their way to the priest, without any evidence yet that they were healed, they decided to obey Jesus. They probably talked about themselves. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, but that's what he said. Well, I heard he, he spoke the word to these people. I heard he mixed some mud and put it in somebody's eye. I heard he made himself. Why does he? I don't know why he does it. He told us to go to the priest. If that's what he said, that's just kind of good. What do we have to lose, right? Okay, let's go. Okay? And so they acted in faith. On the way to the priest, they got healed. You understand what I'm saying? What if they decided, okay, let's do it this way. Let's just sit down and wait until our skin cleans up. Then let's go to the priest. Nothing would have happened. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes God's word tells us to do something that does not make sense. Okay? What is it if you're believing God for financial blessings? Okay? Uh, normally people say, Lord, if you give me a lot of money, then that's a time I'll give my tithes and offerings to the church. I just have nothing to give now. But the word of God says, give and it shall be given to you. Right? How do you know? You know, if you ask, how do you know that the prayer is answered? Some people say, well, when I see the answer. Well, well and good. But Jesus Christ said it this way. What things soever you desire, when you pray, what? Believe, what? Believe that you, what? Believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. That doesn't make sense. Right? Believe that your prayer is answered even before you see the answer I mean, it's like saying, God, I thank you, you're healing me. Thank you, Lord, I ask you for healing. I'm healed. <laughs> thank you. Being healed. Thank you, Jesus. To somebody on the outside, you look stupid. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? It's like looking at uh, the bills coming in, and you don't have the bills to pay, but you already pray. And God says, I will supply your need according to, your, to my riches and glory, Christ Jesus. And you say, God, I thank you for supplying my needs. And there's no evidence it's been supplied yet. The only reason why you believe is because God gave you a promise. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? This is the reason why we spend so much time in the Word of God, because I've never met anyone yet who's such an expert that they say, I don't need to hear much of the Word of God. You preach too long. We just need 10 minute, 20 minute sermons. We're so much of experts already. We don't need to hear more. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hello? They obey God. And that's what faith is. Believing God, even if it doesn't make sense. Believing God because that's what he said. And according to the scriptures, as they went, they were cleansed. Okay, now we we'll go to the second part. Okay? Never take God's blessings for granted. In verse 15 to 19, this is what it says. Are you following me? Okay? And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down at his face, at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Okay? The priests declared that they were healed. And so they went their way, going back to Jerusalem. From this place to Jerusalem, that's about 50 miles. We don't know at what point that this one guy actually realized he was healed. But then they were on their way and he suddenly stopped. Guys, did we thank him? Well, no, but I think it's okay. He understands we're grateful. I think we should come back. What for? We've traveled all this way. What for? I mean, I need to get back to my family. I need to get back to my business. I need to get back to my friends. I need to get back in society. I mean, I've been away for too long. Uh, yeah, no, but you wouldn't be, even be able to do this if you didn't do it for us. I think we need Look, you want to go back? Go back. You just tell him we're also grateful. But maybe we've got places to go, people to see, things to do. We just tell him we're grateful. And so this guy goes back. Okay? I mean, he puts his dreams and goals on pause because he understood, I never would have his dreams and goals if not for what Jesus has done for me. And he goes back to the Lord. And when he sees the Lord with a loud voice, he thanks the Lord. And he kneels down before him, gets on his face before him. Okay? What does the Lord say? So Jesus answered and said, Why did you have to do that? It's okay, you could have gone on. Is that what it says? Is that what it says? You're not sure. Better read your Bible, okay? Because I'm not reading what it says here. <laughs> this is what it says. Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten who were cleansed? Where are the nine? He actually expects us to give him thanks. Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? He was a non-Jew. And he said to them, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you whole. See, the Jews, they're kind of used to the blessings of God. They take it for granted. Okay, so somebody does something for them. God does something for them. 
Yeah, he's our God. Expect it to be there. This one was a foreigner. It's not used to this kind of life. According to the Holy Scriptures, people like that, people like us, who are not Jews, once upon a time were outside the commonwealth of Israel. It was a commonwealth for them, but we're not part of the commonwealth. You understand what I'm saying? We were considered strangers to the promises. We were considered outsiders. We had no covenant with God, and we had no hope. We were on the outside looking in. Did you understand what I'm saying? But because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, the price we could not pay, He paid for us. He was the one who died for us. We could not die for our own sins. We're not perfect. Had to be a perfect person, a perfect man. Not half God, half man, not half angel, half God, and half man. No, it had to be a perfect man. That's the reason why Jesus Christ, the Son of God, became the Son of Man. He was very God and he was very man. He was not a mutant. You understand what I'm saying? And he lived the life of a perfect man which qualified him to die for the sins of the world. The price that we could not pay. The death that needed to be paid. And that death is not just physical death, but spiritual death. And spiritual death is separation from God's presence. On the cross of Calvary, we hear the words of, of Jesus Christ. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? At that time, the skies darkened. The presence of God, which he has always known all of his life, suddenly was no longer there. Why did Jesus Christ have to go through that so that you and I will never have to go through that? So you and I will never ever be separated from the presence of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Anything he paid for, we receive as a benefit. Anything he did not pay for, we have to pay ourselves. You understand what I'm saying? If I walk in a restaurant and you're eating there, if I pay for all your meals, you have nothing to pay for. But if I say, I'm just paying for your soft drinks, you still have to pay for what you made. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus Christ paid so that you and I today might live as free people. But we need, and that's the reason why I teach the Word of God, why we teach the Word of God. So by the Word of God, we find out what we have. Once upon a time, we were outsiders. Today, we're on the inside. According to the Word of God, we have been adopted into the family of God. God is not just our Creator. God is our Father. We are sons and daughters of God Almighty. According to the Holy Scriptures, the Bible says, you are heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. A joint heir shares everything with the heir. You understand what I'm saying? It's like having a joint bank account. The one who signs for that, they share everything. The scripture says we are joint heirs with Christ. On the cross of Calvary, he freed us from sin, we have forgiveness. He freed us from death, now we have eternal life. He freed us from sickness, now we have healing. 
and health. He freed us from lack and poverty. We can have abundance. Jesus Christ says, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it. What? Super abundant. We used to be under the power of the devil. But the scripture says, he delivered us from the powers of darkness. And he placed us into his own kingdom. Well, his kingdom is more powerful than the devil's kingdom. Scripture says we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loves us. In, in the Greek, I was just studying a little bit of this. I was, my mind was getting blown away. And according to this uh, uh, Greek scholar, the word more than conquerors was actually one word that St. Paul in the Greek had to invent because there was no such word that existed. Okay? The first word is Cooper. Okay? And you know it's equivalent to the word super. You understand what I'm saying? Hooper, that means overwhelming, dominant, has an unfair advantage. You understand what I'm saying? And when he says that we are more than conquerors, imagine the host of hell over there, and you're here standing alone with Jesus. According to the Holy Scriptures, you are an overwhelming advantage against Satan and his armies. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, I say, wow, that's kind of blowing our mind. Yeah, it doesn't sound believable, but if he said it, it's true. Okay? People are saying, well, we're kind of afraid of demons. Why are you afraid of them? They should be afraid of us. Okay? And that's the reason why we teach the Word, so that you will know what God has done for you. These are things given to us, and they need to become a part of us. We need to believe them and live them out in our lives. Only when we begin to live them out in our lives are we going to rise up as sons and daughters. This life is a training ground. You are being trained to rule and reign with Jesus. When Jesus Christ comes back and he starts the 1,000 year reign here on the earth, you are going to be given positions of authority to rule and reign with it. After 1,000 years, eternity will come. God is going to move his throne here with us. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, something that never existed before. And you and I, are going to rule and reign as sons of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not, if you think, well, you know, I was born here, I get an education, I get a job, I get a good kind of savings, I get a good retirement, and then I live a little bit comfortably, then eventually I die. Your dreams are too small. You were created for far more than that. You were not just created to exist. You and I were created to rule and reign with our king. And God is making ready a people who would trust in him, believe in him, and give him thanks. Do you understand what I'm saying? Never underestimate the promises of the word of God. Never take for granted the blessings that God has given us. For as we continually remember the Lord and give Him thanks, our faith keeps getting stronger. And so, that's how, who we are. We put our faith in Christ and we give thanks to the Lord.
Amen. Amen.